It's supposed to get down to like 53 Saturday. Is it? Oh, man, it's going to be so good. Dude, man. I'm, I'm going to bring my stove just in case, but I don't even know if I'm going to use it. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> man, you and me both. I'm excited. Unlike how unexcited I actually am to do this topic. Well, you ready to start the topic? Yeah, I reckon. You don't see me reading from this book that I can't see because it's dark in here. <laughs> well, you know. evening ladies and gentlemen welcome to the paranormal minds of jst my name is josh and i'm only joined tonight by tommy hello shane decided that he hates us and has quit the podcast or he's at work it's you know give or take one or two things (laughs) i'm only kidding he's off today he's uh, i think he's out of town he couldn't make it I'm going to do this topic, um, so I'm going to preface this by saying I may say some words that are kind of triggering um, that you may not like, but please understand that this is terminology used in that era. So tonight I'm going to do it on Pennhurst State School. It, it it's, a, it's a state school in a hospital, or it was. Um, It was formerly known as Eastern Pennsylvania State Institution for the Feebly Minded and Epileptic. It's located in Spring City, uh, Pennsylvania. It opened its doors November 23, 1908 to Patient 1, as they referred to him. It didn't close its doors for 79 years. It closed December 9, 1987. In 1903, Pennsylvania Legislature... Legislature? That's a weird word for me to say. Don't know why I can't say that. Um, (laughs) Pennsylvania legislature. I can't. The legislature. There we go. Took it it into consideration the 1,146 feeble-minded individuals that were in the asylum in insane in the insane asylums of the area. And the 2,627 who were in the county care hospitals, reformatories, and in the prisons that they really shouldn't have been in the prisons. They really needed to be in an institution. So they classified their patients into three different categories. You had the imbecilic or the insane. The second class was epileptic or healthy. And your third category was the actual state of your teeth, whether they were good or poor or um, even being treated, which I thought was kind of an odd category. I, I guess it makes sense in in the sense of the health of the overall person, possibly. I, I really don't know. But, um, that is weird. It is, it is kind of weird. So the requirements for this institution to stay open were they were to house no fewer than 500 people. I think starting out, they could house... 2,400, but like within four years, they had reached 3,500 people. Seeing as this was a a school for the mentally handicapped and disabled and and, uh, what they considered people to be imbecilic, they did try to educate the people that could be educated. And they tried to, uh, I want to say industrialize is what I really want to say, industrialize the people, like um, make them... uh, useful to society in a way. Uh, You know what I mean? Uh, Mm. uh, There's words for it, and I can't think of it. What do you call them? Um, Productive citizen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, productive member of society. That's the words I was looking for. They're not written here, but, you know, bullet points. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
So it, they broke those patients down into two groups as well. So you had your, you know, you had your imbecilic or insane and then your healthy or epileptic. So these, these subcategories here were education or industrial, custodial, or you were just flat out insane. This was a, like I said, an attempt to just educate and prepare them for the outside world. Now, like I said before, it failed fairly quickly with them housing a thousand more people than they could handle. What made it so much worse was not only were they trying to house all the people from the, the like I said, the hospitals or the reformatories or the, the actual prisons, they were trying to pressure them into accepting immigrants, which uh, just because and just because they were immigrants, not because they were mentally challenged or they had a disability, but just because they were immigrants. What the f does that say? Sorry, can't read my handwriting. Orphans. That's what that says. <laughs> That's what that word is. Doesn't look a thing like orphans. I can assure you. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Anyways, they would house orphans and flat out criminals. That people that really shouldn't have been there and should have been in prison. <laughs> but, um... They actually had several jobs that they could give people. Some of these jobs, too, are kind of kind of like way outdated, especially for today. But shoe and mattress repair and making. Farming. They had domestic duties, which I'm assuming meant like household chores and things of that nature. Um, sewing and baking. Painting and actually working in stores. But the the biggest one is that is really outdated to me is they taught them how to be butchers, and I think that's pretty wild that the, for a mental patient to be in a butcher shop. But like they're not all mental patients. Like some of these people, like I said, me and you were talking before the thing. Some of these mental patients were they had IQs of like seventy, which. I know it's not a it's not a high IQ by any means, but it is a teachable IQ, in my opinion, and I don't feel like they should have been there, you know, uh, in these in these places. But um, I digress. Penhurst of the time is it's not any different from any other hospital of of its kind. Rather, uh, they were all if you had a, a family member that was imperfect, it was just lock them away so the world can't see. You know, society was very cruel. I'll go back to the uh, the overcrowding issue because that's really where it's gonna the, the rest of the topic stems from. So, even with the amount of room that this place had, because this is a massive place, it's set on fourteen hundred acres. It had eighteen buildings, thirteen of which housed the inmates, three of which were administrative buildings. You had a hospital and a laundry room. The total square footage of these buildings was over 636,000 square feet. And they still had an overcrowding problem. Ooh. And that, that blows me away. I think I read at one point, I didn't write it in here, but I read at one point that um, at, before they gave two of the buildings away, because I think they gave two of the buildings to another hospital during the tuberculosis phase, um, they could house like 4,100 people. And they were still, I think it really wasn't an overcrowding issue as far as room to fit, but patient to doctor care ratio, you know, because it was like, there was, it was an unbelievable amount of people per, you know, nurse. So it was like one nurse per every 100 patients. Yeah. Deal. Something crazy like that. Yeah. It, it, it was ridiculous. So with that being said and like I said about society being cruel um, of course you had beatings and neglect and this one this this place in particular kind of sticks out to me and and it may have been like this in other hospitals that I don't know about one this one it, it's a school it was a school it was never actually really a a hospital it was a school but they would strap people to adult-sized cribs for days, no food, no water, couldn't no, no way to go to the bathroom. 
it was just it was just it was horrible. It actually went on that way all the way to nineteen sixty eight. Man. In nineteen sixty eight, the conditions of this hospital were exposed to the world by a news anchor. By a news anchor. A you you don't hear about these things nowadays, and that's why it shocks me. There was a five part segment on the news about how bad Penhurst was. I think I seen some of those videos. Where yes. Like he's walking through and you see a bunch of like naked, skinny people like yes. crowded crowded in a hallway. And I, it, that five part series it shed so much light on Penhurst and and all and it actually I think it pushed the um uh, there's a there's a movement for it, but it's a deinstitutionalization movement to shut these asylums down because a lot of them were just unbelievably horrendous. Um, but his name was uh, Bill Baldini, and he worked for uh, WCAU. But it, it it's cool to me to think that at some point there was a real news anchor out there that was really trying to shed some real good news to the world, like, get this to stop, you know. There was, I, I watched one, man, there was a kid. He couldn't have been 10, 12 years old, maybe. He's the one that I talk about, I talked about earlier, that had the IQ of 70. So he, a very teachable kid, very around, very aware of his surroundings. I mean, a lot of things... They had this kid blindfolded. And when he would talk, he's like, they're like, he's like, do you like it here? No. Is the staff nice to you? Yes. And I'm like, come on, man. There's no way. There's no way. Um, uh, like I said in the beginning of this episode, I really didn't want to do this episode because uh, in a weird kind of way, um, we know that these institutions were horrendous. It's not a secret. And we know that brutality and violence and stuff of that nature, that's what causes a lot of, re- I'm going to say residual, because I, uh, I think residual hauntings because... Intelligence is a stretch for me when you die violently. Because I think in that moment, all you know is the aggression. So you would relive that aggression over and over again, you know? Um, but with the ridiculousness of this Penhurst, um, one good thing, one good thing come about it, like as well, too. Uh, the deinstitutionalization, deinstitutionalization of the places and... It led to numerous lawsuits, constitutional rights, and actually led to the very first of its kind, a federal class action lawsuit. And uh, mm. shut everything down. I think, I think that was the one good thing that came out of it. And I give all praise to Bill Baldini for his damn good work of exposing that, that place. I think nine people were indicted on cases of abuse and good. good. Yeah, take them out back and hit them with a brick. Dude, they were hitting people in wheelchairs. Like, come on, man. Like, I, I I'm gonna be the first to say I do not have empathy for the human being. I don't. No sympathy. No nothing. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever the words are. I don't care about people. But it is wrong to treat people like that. And I know right from wrong. I'm good to people the best I can be, you know? You know, I always said, you know, when we go out and do our investigations, it's not the paranormal that scares me. Right. It's the real people. Like the last investigation me and Shane were at, you know? Um, I was worried about, because Shane heard footsteps, and I'm like, I don't I don't want to say it was paranormal, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, is there somebody like it's an abandoned graveyard? We know people probably go there to hang out and stuff, maybe get smoke meth or whatever, you know? Right. And that's, that's what scares me is humans scare me more than anything. And 
So I get where you're coming from with it, you know. Yeah. I'm going to, I guess, in a sense, push away from the what we know has happened and, and try to aim for the hauntings of the place because um, there, there are quite a few. Um, I don't know any of them off the top of my head, but we can. Uh, and, and like I said, I didn't. I, I pushed this topic to the very last second because I, in a weird way, I wanted to do it, but at the same time, I didn't because, like I said, mm. yeah, yeah, like you were saying before, like we, you feel like we've covered this already, right? Already. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on like? Do you think they stick around in the in the afterlife because they just can't get free of the place or? You know, while while you were talking, you know, I was thinking in my head, you know, about maybe, and this is, this is going to sound, but it's something I never thought about, but it's going to sound horrible. What if they don't realize, at least some of them don't realize they're dead. We're, We're talking about people with, you know, 70 IQ and some probably lower. I mean, oh yeah, significantly. Yeah, and not realizing that they died, yeah, um, could cause some issues there. I could see that, and not just the violence and the horrendous acts that went on there, but just the fact that maybe they 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 don't realize it, you know, because maybe they don't know what death is. Yeah, you know, I mean, look at look at our look at our kids, you know. They don't really, and we never really knew what death was until somebody in our family or a close friend or relative passed away. And normally it's a grandparent's funeral or um, an aunt or somebody like that, that that we experience death for the first time. And normally it's about like, you know, four, five, six, you know, but we don't understand it. So if they've never experienced it and they don't, have the IQ to comprehend death, you know, maybe they don't realize they're dead. That's, that's gotta be terrible. Terrible, man. Especially if you don't know what death is and all you know is everything around, if you've taken in the fact of everything around you is changing, you know, decaying or being remodeled, whatever. And you're not really hungry. You're just living day to day and you just, you know, that's got to be torturous to not, you know, you can't figure out what's going on. And if you're already in a bad mental state as it is, you start seeing things change. Oh my goodness. Like that'd be like being in your own hell. Yeah. In a way. Definitely. You know, silent hell all over again. (laughs) But other than that, I mean, I also think like you could have evil hauntings there just from the rage of people who might, who could understand. That was my thoughts. Yeah. could something have made its way in there? Because you, you know somebody was in there that was looking for help and was looking oh, yeah. to get it from any place they could. Yeah, and in in fact, it's is places like this. And I know people were not going to be uh, completely on the paranormal aspects of it, right? But um, I feel like it's places like this that have given institutions a bad name. Yeah. And therefore, you know, you don't have these asylums. And I'm not going to say we should call them asylums, but institutions that people could go and actually get help where there's not any abuse or neglect or anything like that. But the problem is, is we have that issue with nursing homes now. Yeah. You know, so, uh, I mean, I don't think there's a way we could get people in one of these institutes and not deal with neglect and abuse, you know? Right. Because I'm going to be honest, there, I feel like there are people not fit to be nurses and doctors. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know? I mean, if you, if you can't stand the fact that you have somebody who either is mentally handicapped or is going through dementia or some other type of illness, and you can't stand the fact that you got to help them in any way or deal with their screaming or crying or blatant disregard of anything because they have no idea where they are. Right. Then you don't need to be a nurse or a doctor. No, not at all. I'm not sorry. At all. 
I, that's mm-hmm. why I'm not one because I know I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not patient enough. Yeah. I mean, like these people depend on you. Yeah. You know, I, I think it gets to me because my, my grandfather had dementia. And he was in, I forgot the name of that nursing home in Memphis. I think it was like Oak Haven or something. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it got shut down for abuse. They were taking his clothes and giving them to people, to other people, and then Damn. giving him other people's clothes. So, yeah, because, you know, he had dementia. So we had to buy his clothes and we had to write his name on all like his shirts, his underwear, all that stuff, you know. And um, we would notice, like, we'd go there to, like, my aunt and mom would go there to visit. And his clothes would be super baggy. And they'd be somebody else's. And they would just let people just sit in their own filth and stuff. Like, it was it was horrible. They, we pulled them out. We pulled them out and found a better one. Yeah. Um, once it really came to light, what was going on. So, and, that, and that's the problem. You Sometimes it takes months to realize that your loved one's being abused, you know? Right. And um, that's actually what started one of the lawsuits with this place was uh, um, they, uh, one of the ladies, uh, one of the women that was there, she had bruises, all this just bruises started showing up all over. And they're like, nope. That was in like the 70s, I think. Well, and, and see, if you if you visit like every couple of weeks or so, because, you know, some people, you know, might be a two, three hour drive to go to that place, you know. Right. So it might be like, oh, we'll visit, we visit once a month and we make a special day out of it, you know, or whatever. You know, I, I've seen that happen, you know. Right. And you show up and, of course, the, the bruises are healed or in my grandfather's case, it would be easy for someone to be like, oh, well, you know, he just bumped his knee on something or hit his elbow or whatever, you know, because he, he was, he was 70, 73 or 74. I can't remember um, when he passed and he was very frail. Like I said, he had dementia. So his, his eating habits and stuff were completely different, you know, and it's, it was a horrible thing to watch. So, but, um, but yeah, you don't, you don't realize that, especially like I said, if you're going there once a month and these people are just being tortured and I really feel like that's enough to bring somebody back, not like back from the dead, but back like their spirit back and be a vengeful, malevolent spirit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would, I would want some revenge. You know, and at that point, like you said, all they would see was rage, right? Right. And in, in your mind, so I feel like anybody who probably walked into that place, they didn't care. You know, all they saw was just anger and hate. At that point, it's just pure anger and hate. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's sad. It but, really is. It really is. Um, and. I couldn't imagine spending my eternity being uh, stuck in a loop, vengeful-ass spirit, you know? Or maybe they're not stuck yeah. in a loop. Maybe they are, um, you know, intelligent hauntings. Like, they, they they know exactly what they're doing. Maybe. I mean, if the hate takes over, the rage takes over. Yeah. And even though they know, like, you know, they can move this bookcase or throw this chair or whatever. Yeah. You know... But it's still that I think it's the only thing that they can only see rage. That's it. Yeah. They just want to do harm because so much harm was inflicted on them. You know, we always think, and it's always in horror movies where it was like the evil doctor when they die, they come back and they're like taking control of the patients and all this, right? Yeah. And they become the, the evil person becomes the evil spirit. But I feel like if someone's tortured to a point where all they feel time of their death is hate and rage. Like maybe they become the evil spirit. Yeah. They yeah. man, I just came up with another movie, write it down. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I, I, I mean, that, that's just how I feel about it. That's what I think. I think it's, um, 
there's so much going on there that I feel like it it could be more than just energy itself, you know? Right. So in places like that, you know, where we talk about Waverly and it's like people dying and the energies from people dying and feeling sad and stuff like that could cause a haunting. Yeah. I feel like places like that, it could just be, um, mostly the feelings of people and the state of their mind and their spirit when they pass could cause it. That is a possibility. I think with the, um, speaking of that, um, I think, I think, well, I mean, I know we've talked about it before, but, uh, what is the name of the damn ghost? You're not, I want to say Yuri, but that's phasmophobia. (laughs) Um, Oh, are you talking about the one where we're talking about from the, from the forest, the Japanese yeah, forest. like the Japanese. And that was the big thing was um, uh, if you had a, an intense grudge against mm. somebody, that, that would make you come back and be a vengeful spirit. Yeah. And uh, I think that carries over. Like you said, I think that's uh, – that's, we don't have a name for it. We just call it a vengeful spirit, but, you know. Right. And, uh, I mean, I, I feel like that's that could be – the case, and I don't want to say it's an easy explanation. I feel like that's one of many dealing with places like that. Yeah. Um, because like I said, I do feel like someone died there and they didn't realize or they had that low IQ. Uh, and I hate to say that like that. I feel like I'm being a jerk today. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Me too. But in a in a sense, it is what it is. That's what it was. You know. Yeah. That's what the school um, was for. Yeah. And. You know, I feel like if if they did have that low IQ and not realizing what death was, I feel like that could also contribute. Like maybe their spirit didn't know to cross over, yeah. you know, and they're stuck there. So, but I I just I just hate the fact that people. This is why I I don't like people. I'm with yeah. you, and it's mostly because of this. And I know I've been talking a lot. <laughs> Oh no, you're good. You're good, man. <laughs> you got more to say than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, um, you know, the, the, this is the reason I don't like people. And you know, I I saw videos earlier, and this is kind of still on the same topic in a way, not really paranormal, but on the human aspect of it. Yeah. Where people were talking about the purge, and a lot of people said, "Oh, if the purge happened." then nobody would just go on a murder and a spree. There'd be a lot of white collar crimes and stuff like that. And I feel, and this is, this is how I feel and people can disagree with me if they want. I feel the reason that people commit more white collar crimes than murder and stuff like that is because of the rules. If that makes sense, like the laws and stuff, Yeah, you know, and the punishments behind it. I feel if you had free reign, I feel if hum- if humans had free reign, we would turn into the worst things ever, and and it's been proven throughout history. We can't yeah. say it hasn't, right? You know, Vikings would come over and rape and pillage. Yeah. That's what they would do. Um, other uh, tribes in other parts of the world would massacre other tribes. I mean, essentially commit genocide in ways. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's, that's just how it is. Granted where it's not, you know, us just running down the street and just killing people at random. But I feel like it's because of a more group setting that is the reason they did that. Everybody was part of a group and that group would go out and do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you, but you see that in in the purge movies as well. Right. You know, and I, and that's why I think because you hear about the stories of the asylums where people do these things like tying people up to human like adult sized beds. Yeah, these are or cr- cribs. Like cribs, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like who does that? Right. Who does that? Right. You know, I mean, but then like, I'm trying. I'm trying to stay on paranormal stuff, but the human thing just annoys. Yeah. Hey man, piss humans, out of me. Humans are paranormal too. We're all creatures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I mean, but you, you hear the stories and I, the one thing I cannot stand in it, it makes me want to purge everybody. And I know that sounds crazy, but I cannot stand when an innocent child is hurt. Oh, me either. I, that is one thing. It gets my blood boiling and I have to just like step back. 
and all that. Like, and that's just from reading news articles, not seeing it in person. And God help anybody who hurts an innocent child like that. In per- like, I see it happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm killing them. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it, when the judge asked me why, I'd be like, I'll do it again. Yeah. And a heartbeat. You know, um, so the crazy thing is, is um, uh, not to interrupt you, but the other morning I was at the gas station and he didn't physically hurt this kid. But the kid wanted something. He was probably 10, 12 years old, yeah, roughly. The kid wanted something. He asked for it. He, Of course, dad said no. Uh, and then the kid asked again, like any kid would. Oh, come on, dad. Let me do it. That guy got within uh, an inch of that kid's face oh, and was talking to this kid like he was a dog. So I went walking out. The, I went to walk out the store, and he was doing it. And I stopped and looked dead at him. I said, there's a time and a place for everything, and this ain't that. You want to get onto your kid, do it some other way, not like this. And I walked out the store. Uh, you know, we, we've all gotten onto our kids. Right. I mean, I, I'll get on the bent. He'll push buttons. Yeah. Quick. And they're going to. They're kids. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been a couple times I'm like, dang, go. You know, and I, I'd be like, you stop and round. Yeah, right. You and just do what I said. Shit out of them, you know? you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I've, I, you know, I, although I used to joke, like when I was with him in public uh, and he'd do something, I'm like, oh, it's against the law to beat your kids in public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, what really gets me is like the people, uh, Paige, I think it was about last year or so. She was watching that documentary of that mom and the stepdad was like, Burning cigarettes on this kid made him sleep in the in the in, cabinet. In, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And and at that time, you know, we we hadn't started this, and I was in the living room, so I didn't have the room, the right. office. And I'm sitting there, and I think I was playing a video game with you, and I, I don't know if you remember. I turned around, I was like, I, you know, I can't do it. I can't listen to that. Like yeah. I was getting so mad. Oh, that like, is, that was a horrendous. I watched that. It was horrible. I just want them to give me five minutes alone with both of them. Right. That's it. Right. And and I'm all for disciplining your kid. Uh, I, if you got to whoop them, whoop them. I, I don't. It doesn't make a difference right. to me. I don't have to whoop my kids. I never have. I have a stern voice. But I think mm. I whooped Dylan once in his whole life, and that's because he set our living room rug on fire. Yeah. Um, and I think that stems I, from my past, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> well, I mean, discipline does set certain um, standards in life. Right. And I feel like you can go overboard oh, with punch. Not you. Not you. Oh, I'm going overboard. Go bam <laughs> Shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding, ladies and gentlemen. I would never do that. <laughs> Although sometimes you won't. God, you have no idea. <laughs> but um, but no, I mean, I feel, I feel like, you know, when people go overboard, like there's, there's a point where you just got to, when you're so mad, like, you know, when Ben will do something and I'm just so mad to where I know, like, I cannot talk to him or look right. at him right now. Walk away. You know, you walk away. I, I would, I would walk away or. If if I hear about it before I get home, I might go to Walmart for, you know, however long or uh, yeah. whatever I need to do to just, yeah you know, then I'd come home. Get on an appropriate level. Yeah. 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 You know, I, you know, I, I just don't understand people and that, that could just be me. I just don't understand people that can, can do that to children. I don't either. You know. Like, like we had that, that kid and Horn Lake that was chained up and starved to death. Yeah. And he was what? He was about 10 years old, wasn't he? I think eight, eight or 10. Yeah. yeah. He was fairly old for that. Yeah. And they just, I'm sorry, guys. We were bringing y'all down. I know y'all are <laughs> right, used to the funny. Shut up. It's a dark topic, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, hold on. I got to. <laughs> I'm going to try and figure out something to talk about. Light yeah, mode. talk about something lighter, like not kid abuse. <laughs> oh, man. I'll be right back. All right. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy.
It's a bit awkward. I'm just going to say some random stuff and see if he cuts it out or puts it in there. We'll see. Skittly winky dinky dink. Skittly winky do. Hi, Daddy. It's it's interesting that, and, and of course we talked about why these things happen in these asylums, or at least we touched base on it. Um, but I don't know. It's it's insane to think that there's so many of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And granted, yeah, we know why, but it's just because you have what Waverly, you have this one. Um, they're one, and I and I can't remember all the names, so I'm not gonna go listing them all off. But right, right. I think every state had at least one or two. Yeah. And it's it's just insane. <laughs> I think the real reason why I went ahead and did this was more for just really for the hauntings, but I wanted it to be uh, one of those. And I know it's not because it's still fresh in history, but mm. um, not forgotten about because, you know, we are doomed to repeat ourselves one way or another. And mm. we are by no means better than we were just because we think we are like you said but the with the before we still see it in in today's society and i'm i'm not saying that we couldn't have institutions uh, again i'll use the term institution over asylum right um just because of the bad publicity with asylums with that word but institutes that could actually help and i think that's one of the issues with the mental health crisis we have is because, and I'm not saying we don't have a place to send these people, but, and like lock them away, but a place that is solely dedicated. And I'm not talking about criminally insane or anything like that, but solely dedicated to where they can help and they have that resource to help, you know? Yeah. I know we got <laughs> places like Parkwood and stuff like that where people do stay, but, a lot of them are for like drug abuse and um, like criminal um, juveniles yeah. um, that just need that help. And I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying I think there should be a place that is solely where people can go and get help. I think I think we need more of them, honestly. You know, if yeah. you need to stay a week or a month or, you know, maybe – they do need to stay there because they are so mentally distraught that that just needs to be where they need to be so they can get that help and live a productive life, you know? Right. And I, I know there are some out there that actually have people who have um, anything from Alzheimer or not Alzheimer's, um, but um, autistic uh, on the autism spe spectrum, you know, where they actually help them, you know, do things like crafts that they do them as a job, you know, like they might bedazzle purses or something. I don't, I don't quite know, right. but it actually helps them and they get the money for it, you know? Yeah. And, um, it helps them feel more, you know, independent and it's not, you know, being chained up and beaten and, all this stuff, you know, and I think that's the, that's the type we need not to chain up and beaten. Not that we don't need that. Uh, <laughs> I'm rambling at this point. Um, I'm listening. But we, we, we need, uh, <laughs> they should know by now as I ramble, I start making sense every now and then. Uh, <laughs> slowly, but surely. No, <laughs> I get there. I get there. I get there. Don't we all? Look, look, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Like 60 of them in, in row, okay? <laughs> in triathlon or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, but I do Jeremy think Jeremy Bear Me. <laughs> Jeremy Bear Me, yeah. Uh, There's but, a track um, with multiple offshoots. <laughs> well, right. Sometimes I'll jump on a bike. Sometimes I'll jump on some skis. You know, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> the ground stays the same, though. <laughs> It does. That's why I'm so slow getting there. Uh, it's hard to ski on like gravel. But, uh, <laughs> that was my first thought. You're ex yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, I, I do think, you know, 
I think we don't help with mental health like we should. Right. And I do think it's because of these, you know, asylums. And I'm going to call them asylums because, you know, a lot of them were horrible places. Right. You know, it it became a stigma to send somebody off to an an asylum because you, you pretty much knew what would happen in some of them and a lot of them. I mean, I'm sure a lot of them, because they were around towns and stuff, they didn't you know, people knew what was going on in there, you know, right. Had to have, you know, from people showing up to took care of the, you know, supplies to doctors and nurses, custodians, groundskeepers, whoever eventually word gets out like, Oh man, yeah, they locked these people up and beat them, you know? Oh yeah. Like I said, that, and, that one news anchor was like, uh, uh-uh, we're exposed in this. Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad he did. Yeah. Me too. Me too. And of course, nowadays it'd probably be pulled out in some two-party political thing about it. Oh, if it ever even came to light, I doubt it would ever even make it. All it all it would take would be like some rich guy owns it, and they own some news network, and yeah, yep. you know they were like, no, on what you're doing, an expose on us, no, you're fired, go away, you know. Yep. I you know, I really feel. When it comes to journalists nowadays, none of them are those genuine. Yeah, yeah. Because you, I can't fathom that you actually go into journalism being like, "I want to be a complete douche." Right. Well, I mean, it's not even just that. Like, it's it's like they don't want to. A lot of them will lie, and a lot of them. And I'm not saying which side. I know people are already in their mind. What side I'm going to be honest is both of them. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is. It's both of them. Yeah. They're both lying to you. And if you if you can't see it, they're not completely lying, Tommy. They do show you the surface truth. But to change subjects, um, and, and kind of get back to the, yeah, it was going political. We don't need political. Political. I wasn't um, going political. I was making fun of journalists. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Pinhurst opened its doors back up in 2010 as a haunted attraction. Oh, wow. We got to go. Dude, that's what I was thinking. How much is it? I don't know. Google! Oh. Fall dates and hours. 6.30 to 10.30. Except for Sunday. It's 6.30 to 9.30. Is that 6.30 a.m. or p.m.? Hopefully PM. What $85 a piece for the VIP pass. That's not bad. No. You get to see the uh the asylum, the morgue, and the tunnels come any day and any time. We're open fall twenty twenty two. Oh, I should have just looked up here and saw the price. I'm sitting here going through how many people. <laughs> well, they got a, a haunt combo for fifty dollars. We're just giving them free publicity at this point. Right. Valid for all three haunted attractions at Penhurst, Penhurst Asylum, the morgue, and the tunnels. Oh, we can do an overnight for $99. A person? Yeah. That's not bad. It's only 300 Yeah. Unless you guys, you know, want to join our Patreon and you know, we, might, we might do something special with that. Who knows? Anyways, now that that's over with, <laughs> let me ask you, why, what makes you believe in ghosts. And we may have talked, I think we talked about this before, but with this, with this particular subject, I think it's kind of one of the things I'm kind of curious about. I mean, a lot of it is cause I mean, even up till now I've have I've had experiences since we've been investigating. Right. Um, and especially the ghost truck thing that was freaky. Oh, from the woods. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, before before we started this, I I never had an experience paranormal to my not knowledge. Okay, yeah. like I've never seen like a, a can get flown across the room or um, an apparition appear. But I've had family members and people that I trust um, tell me about it. You know, from my my grandmother told me about it. 
she used to tell me about seeing Civil War ghosts. Um, she told me one time she saw um, by a, I think it was a barn. And of course, this is in the middle of Mississippi, um, where she saw a headless drummer boy. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, my dad has said he's he's seen things and heard things. He he tells me one tale, and I'm not going to talk about the donkey and the I tale, forgot about but, that. <laughs> um, but um, he he told me one story. This is also why I feel like Bigfoot is real too. Um, he was a truck driver, and I can't remember. I think it was in Texas, Kansas, or somewhere Arkansas, somewhere. I can't remember exactly where, but uh, he pulled up at a um at a gas station and outside was a German shepherd kind of like almost tied to, I think he said he was like tied or he was by the gas station and he's like mean barking, like trying to get at my dad. Right. Yeah. My dad's like, ah, oh, crap. You know, I don't want to get bit by him. Try to walk around. And then out of nowhere, there's this blood curdling scream. And at that point, my my dad just took off running to the gas station. Screw the German Shepherd. He said the German Shepherd beat him to the door. Oh shit! <laughs> He's like, "You ain't the only one, bro. I'm out." <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, like my my sister said, she's seen some things. Um, and I just, and then all the stories from other people who said they've seen some stuff, and I just. I think that's what got me me really started in the paranormal and more of an open mind thinker when it comes to things like that. You know, is there like and I know you said it, there's just so much there's so many stories and so much evidence. Yeah. Like I don't want to say evidence as in hard concrete evidence, but we've seen things. Yeah. Unexplainable things, yeah. Yeah. And now we have experienced things. Yeah. Um, I've experienced things my whole life, you know, and I, I've talked about it on here before a few times. Uh, I've experienced a lot in my life. Um, I, I've always been followed by something in particular. I just never knew what it was, you know, mm, and still yeah. to this day, I don't know. I, I, I did a little home experiment with my dowsing rods recently and uh, mm. kind of got, aimed in a weird direction i asked some questions about you know um do i know you and it said no um which was scary um but i asked does anyone i know know you yes I said my mom yes of course i have a few other questions but uh my mom knows this person or this mm. entity um and I discussed it with my mom and it really hasn't gone any further than just, you know, who it possibly could have been um, because mm -hmm. it wasn't a friend of my mom's, but just somebody she knew. Mm. And that narrowed things down quite a bit because, you know, my mom's an old Southern woman, so she knows everybody. Right. I mean, at, when she worked at that gas station on 301, I mean, everybody went in there she'd, have conversations with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. She knows everybody knows everybody's business. <laughs> and she's not even like one of those gossipy type people. She just knows cause they talk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's one of those people that you can just sit there and tell her anything and everything that's on your mind. And she just yeah. listens. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, my mom's a, an amazing woman. Yeah. I think I said this in my last episode, but fear of kind of going off track and then dragging this out longer than it needs to be. Because um, <laughs> what can you really say? We've done it. We've said it. We've, um, you know, it's 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 been done. And I believe that the hauntings that are happening in this place are are more than likely, like you said, a very a form of um, uh, aggressive, um, vengeful type ghost and, and i'm sure there's kids in there that they don't know anything like there's go, uh, uh children entity in there that just don't uh, they might play with the balls that you bring for them or dolls or, or or things of that nature that don't know that they're dead yeah but i guess um if you want to give me any kind of final thoughts on this on the school and the ghosts and all that jazz 
I mean, I think you pretty much summed up my final thoughts. I think a lot of it deals with, I think there's multiple different types of entities in there. Um, Being from people who died in a horrible, vengeful, rageful, you know, just full of hate and anger. Um, And there and there um, to, you know, people who probably don't realize that they are dead. And, you know, maybe even some that are guilt stricken. I mean, who knows? Um, you could have a nurse that wanted to help, that actually wanted to help these people. Cause I'm not going to say everybody in there that worked in there was evil. No, know? surely not. People, people also need to realize what people will do to keep a job, to keep food on their families table. And it's, it's a sad thing, but I mean, that's the reality of it. So who's to say, you know, that maybe a nurse or a doctor didn't pass away, even away from the place and their spirits, there, trying to still trying to help. Oh, I feel sure. So, so that's, that's my final thought. I feel like there was so much emotions and just all these other things tied up that, you know, that's what I, that's how I feel about it. I'm there with you. Uh, it's a sad thing. Um, let's hope history doesn't repeat itself. And we see these kinds of things, continue which i know in a weird way they do continue and this this is probably quite a bit darker episode than and i I seem to be good at that uh um well i mean i think sometimes it's 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 okay to hit those darker episodes we'll just put a trigger warning and yeah like, like i said in the beginning you know sorry for what i've got to say but with all that being said ladies and gentlemen <laughs> make sure that you uh look us up on any social medias that you might have because we have them all we're on all major podcast platforms. If you could please rate and review on Apple Podcasts specifically and follow because it's based on follows, uh, not subscriptions. Um, so if you could uh, make sure you check us out on there and uh, rate and review us. Uh, just repeat myself constantly until this is over. Uh, enjoy listening to my sensual Southern voice. Um, <laughs> uh these are just our thoughts and opinions. Let us know what you think. You forgot YouTube. I'll fix it later. <laughs>